everyone, I'm Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Dr. Kathy King and I want you to know you are important to us. We are thrilled that you're here with us today for another episode of Writing Works Wonders. Welcome to Writing Works Wonders. We're so pleased you're with us for this exceptional author interview with best-selling author, advocate, and innovator, Kristen Smedley. But first, we have two announcements for you. We want to be sure all our listeners enter our first ever Writing Works Wonders contest. The deadline is coming up soon. The Exactly 52 Words contest and all information is online at our website, writingworkswonders.com. Just click the Contact Us button and you'll find all the details. When you submit your entry, competing for the first prize of $25, don't miss this opportunity to master the challenge of exactly 52 words. Secondly, Writing Works Wonders weekly writing prompts. Writers of all skill levels are really enjoying these writing prompts, and so are we. You have several ways to find the weekly writing prompts and also share your responses. Again, writingworkswonders.com and click the Contact Us button. You'll find information about the writing prompts and you can see the weekly prompt there. Your responses are as easy as posting a comment or you can send us an email and we even have a phone number and text number set up if you want to submit them that way. We want you to rev up your writing with us. I'm Dr. Kathy King and I'm so pleased to introduce you to my fabulous co-host, Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Oh, I love when she says fabulous, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Kathy. Thank you. And I'm so glad you're here with us, Kristen. So what we're going to do first, we're going to take two people, first hands up. It'll be the ones that go. And the prompt this week was, it all started when I picked the wrong luggage up at the airport. Hey, Marlene Massat. Oh, I can't wait to see what she's got for us. Hello, Marlene. (laughs) Hi, Cheryl. (laughs) It all started when I picked up the wrong suitcase at the airport. Panic when I saw identical suitcases on the luggage carousel. Both had a solid pattern around and down the handle portion with plaid front and back. Even the initials on both were the same, MJW. I set them both on the carpet, guessed, grabbed one, turned. Hey, that's my bag, mister. Sorry, ma'am. I'm colorblind. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Marlene. Annie Chiapetta. Hello, Annie. I titled mine A Case of Mistaken Identity. It all started when I picked up the wrong suitcase from the airport. I swung it off the luggage carousel and extended the handle. Excuse me, but I think you have my bag, said a voice. I flicked my eyes from my phone screen to the speaker and met the most beautiful dark eyes. Ruby and I exchanged bags and contact information that day and a year later got married. The end. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was beautiful. And now I have the great pleasure of introducing our audience briefly to our guest author and advocate, Kristen Smedley. Kristen says her mantra is life is fun, sort of. Her fun-loving spirit and energetic personality guided her life in the direction of a career in teaching. However, when her two sons were born blind, 
Kristen walked away from the classroom to teach her sons how to navigate a world they could not see. These boys are now young men and both attend college and have accomplished much. Kristen has seen firsthand the statistics which describe life for much of the blind community are a difficulty. 70% of unemployment rate, 14% college graduation rate, and 60% living in poverty. These numbers are a direct result of the lack of access to right tools and resolutions needed for people with visual impairment. Kristen has dedicated her life to changing those statistics and preconceptions of people with blindness. In 2019, Kristen published her first book called Thriving Blind, Stories of Real People Succeeding Without Sight. It achieved number one new releases and bestseller on Amazon, paperback, Kindle, and is very popular on NLS Talking Books and Bard. Kristen used that book to catapult a supportive online community called Thriving Blind Academy. We'll be learning more about the Academy, her writing, and new projects she has today. Take it away, Cheryl. Kristen, thank you for indulging us for a moment, and we're so glad that you're here with us today. The Thriving Blind is very popular with our NLS readers. It's also a best-selling book on the public market. Would you tell us about how it came about, how it impacted your life? First, thank you all for having me here, and I'm sitting here smiling, and I'm never smiling about writing. <laughs> <laughs> This should be like the writing is fun club. This is this is the most energy in a writing group. My goodness. And it's just so funny that your first question is how this come to be, because I, I have to be completely transparent here. There are English teachers all over my county that are still needing oxygen over the fact that Kristen stopped talking long enough to actually write something down and publish it as a book. <laughs> I was not a writer. I was never a fan of writing. I was always the talker, always a speaker. Even in my high school senior thesis paper, I tried to negotiate doing a speech or a video instead of having to write it all out. So there's hope for everyone. If you think, if you think you're not a writer, if I could do it, anyone can do it. In a, a very long journey in a small nutshell, Thriving Blind, the book came about because I wanted a resource 21 years ago. I needed something. I needed the doctor to hand me something along with the sentence, your son is blind. They had nowhere for me to go. And all he could tell me was good luck. And I thought all those years later, people are still being told, go blind, go home. Good luck. You know, parents just have no idea how to raise a blind child well thriving, not to survive in the diagnosis. And, and to be perfectly honest, Michael, my oldest blind son, he was the first blind person I ever met when he was four months old. So, you know, there, there's so many biases out there and whatnot and misconceptions, but honestly, I believe it all begins with education. I had no experience or education with the blind community, no connection, no introduction until Michael was born. So all that being said, you know, by the time um, around 2017-ish, rolled around, I actually, I laughed because I really started creating a pamphlet because I was getting so frustrated that parents were still hearing, I don't know what to tell you, still trying to Google, how do you raise a blind child? 
school districts had no idea about educating a blind child. So I'm like, man, you never used to do a little pamphlet, all these people that I've met that are thriving with blindness. It's all the opposite of what everybody thinks. Everybody thinks so devastating and sad when I'm watching, you know, Eric Weinmayer come off of Everest and, and Chris Downey, an architect. I'm thinking, what if I just put a little pamphlet together and a doctor could hand that out with the diagnosis? Well, <laughs> no, Kristen Smedley, you know, that things start as one idea and then they snowball into a best-selling book. It's been quite a journey. That's fabulous. Thank you, Kristen. This is Kathy. In addition to the terrific content of Thriving Blind, which I stumbled on because of ACB community calls, people had mentioned it over and over, and I finally picked it up and listened to the audiobook, and I'm like, who is this woman? I've got to find out more about her. And I talked to Cheryl, and she said, oh my goodness, I follow her on LinkedIn. She's got a big community. And I'm like, oh, perfect. This is more than a book. She's launched something really big. That single book bred wings and became something greater. And my understanding is that with your community, you've gathered people together around the topic and you've developed some other initiatives. Would you just briefly describe for our listeners who might not be familiar with it, what's happened since the publication of the book and what the original online community does? Yeah, you know, it's been, um, it's been a journey I had never planned. I couldn't even have imagined that now we're this global community with mentors and members and all kinds of great stuff happening. Book, like I said, it was intended to be kind of me holding the hand of another mom that just received a diagnosis that her child is blind and has absolutely no idea how to go about surviving and thriving. So this was like the, the big old hug. Here's 13 stories of friends of mine that are succeeding without sight. And then I thought after a while, after, you know, I, I did the whole celebration, a bestseller, and I did this tour and, and it was absolutely fantastic. And then I thought, gosh, 13 stories, they weren't moving the needle on parents getting the tools and resources for their kids early enough. And they weren't moving anything in terms of the unemployment rates and high school graduation rates. Everything was still staying flat. I thought, you know, it's great to have that first step of hope and inspiration. But then if you don't have direction and actual connection constantly, consistently over time to the tools and resources, then inspiration can only go so far. So I ended up on this massive speaking tour and I was, I was, you know, stages all over. And I ended up at my dream stage, if you will, the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired's annual convention. And I tell you, it's, it was my dream stage because my life had and journey had gone full circle. Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired was one of the very first websites that <laughs> I probably have enemies in their IT department because you guys, I was on that like nonstop downloading articles and reading all kinds of stuff, how to educate a blind child. So they were one of my biggest go-to resources. So then when I got the invitation to be the keynote speaker, I thought, man, that my whole flight to Texas, I'm like, I, I've really done a great job. You know, I'm patting myself on the back and thanking God for all the blessings that got me there. And I'm standing on that stage and I was just in awe of all the folks there that are, are impacting so many kids and families' lives. After a standing ovation of the keynote speech, I'm looking around and I thought, oh my God, I did this all wrong. Where are the parents? 
I love and respect and I'm so grateful for the work of the TDIs and the mobility instructors and everybody working in the field to support so many kids, but they already got it. They already understood about my extraordinary expectations and raising the bar and pushing and resources. They already knew that. The parents needed to know it, right? The parents need, and I, so I finally, you know, I celebrated for a little while and I went back to my hotel room and by dinner that night, I was invited to sit with the board of directors and they were an absolutely hilarious group of people. But I'm like, you guys, where are the parents? They're the ones that need to hear about expectations because the parents are driving the bus, right? We're the ones responsible for these kids and their education and moving to thriving. We were brainstorming at the dinner. <laughs> poor folks probably figured, we just put on this big conference, let us have a break. And I'm like, give me some information. So we were brainstorming how to get in touch with parents. And then just as I was on the flight home, y'all, I'm making all these plans of outreach and getting on different stages and bringing parents into these giant ballrooms, a little thing called COVID hit, right? Mm-hmm. And slam the door shut on me getting in front of any parents. But I will tell you this, to know me is to, I think that the name Kristen somewhere means bounce back, right? And bounce back high. I ended up last summer trying to figure out how do we connect to all these parents with everything being shut down? And well, lo and behold, the entire planet was sitting on Zoom calls. So we put together real quick in a few weeks, um, a summit called the Succeed Without Sight Summit. And it was geared towards, I just wanted parents to sit and, and sit in that Zoom room and hear from all of my friends in the blind community that are succeeding without sight, that are literally thriving with blindness and hear 15 minutes at a time. I didn't want it to be long. I didn't want it to be anything more than upbeat and positive and to really move parents from pity to positivity to pushing their kids to get out there and achieve and thrive all the things that they were destined to achieve and thrive. And I have to say 17 countries were represented in that Zoom room. You should have seen me trying to figure out Zoom. (laughs) It's like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, this is a lot of people like upgrading subscriptions. And it was, it was the most chaotic three weeks leading up to it. And I've never smiled so much and slept so little getting ready for that because it was really a catalyst to getting in touch with parents now. And that's now evolved. You know, again, at the end of that, I celebrated my parents called, they watched the entire thing. We were celebrating for all about 12 hours because the next day I'm like, again, a book is great. You know, for what does it take? Four hours to read Thriving Blind, maybe eight hours of speakers in the summit was wonderful for a day, but you can't just inspire once in a while innovation. So this will be your second summit coming up in this November? Yeah, we're doing it again. Excellent. So you've had the Zoom conferences and you have a conference, you're having another one, but there's also an online community, right? Yes. Try to come about it from all different angles to meet parents and educators and adults that are are succeeding without sight where they're at. So there is a Facebook community that is, I always say the word ginormous. My kids tell me that's not a word, but I've decided it is. It's a huge community of everybody adults living with blindness, families supporting them, parents raising blind kids, teachers of the visually impaired, the entire community coming together to connect there. And then we take things a step further with a little more offline, if you will, um, the Thriving Blind Academy membership program is where it's just the coolest darn thing. 
twice on Mondays because we have people from around the world in different time zones. Um, we get together for an hour and chat about what are the struggles you're having? What are the successes you're having? Um, the one night, Ron Brooks is one of my good friends who has his own company out in Arizona. He was on as one of the mentors to answer questions of parents about, you know, living and parenting and doing all the things that he does without sight. And he was cooking dinner while he was talking to the, the parents and I that were on the Zoom call. And he thought he wasn't really giving that great of information. He was just, and he wasn't really cooking anything fancy. We were just having a chit chat. I said, Ron, here's the thing. The parents of a four-year-old, a mom of a four-year-old blind child is sitting listening and watching Ron cooking dinner. And in her mind, she had never considered or believed her child would one day live independently, have their own family and cook their own dinner. And just that experience completely removed that barrier that her perceptions of her son's journey, it removed that barrier. And now she's open to He's going to have an independent full life as long as she connects him to all the tools and resources he's going to need over his journey. It's a brilliant way to spend a Monday and we've been having a really good time with it. Fabulous. Thank you. That is powerful. Modeling the success. Is there anything more you want to talk about what's coming up in November? I'm really interested to, to share this information with you all, because as I was looking at who the majority of your audience is, and I, I'm going to bounce back between two different, what I see as folks in the audience, and then you guys will have to flag me and send me questions if there's additional things. But for the Succeed Without Sight Summit, last year, that evolved into the Thriving Blind Academy that is really geared a lot for parents raising blind children, right? And the mentors come in and, it, and it's brilliant. This year, in addition to Thriving Blind Academy, which I welcome all of you to go to thrivingblind.com and get information on the academy. And I should mention that we get sponsorships for the summit to fund scholarships for families uh, to come into Thriving Blind Academy so that if cost is an issue, I don't want cost to be an issue. No barriers getting into this community. So there's scholarships and you'll see all the information there. But the other, for the rest of you that are adults living and thriving with blindness, if you've ever considered starting your own business, being an entrepreneur, being a creative, you know, publishing a book, being a speaker, all of those things that aren't, you know, quote, corporate America or a typical job, nothing I do is typical. So I can use the word typical, typical job. If you've ever considered that with this, with the help of two blind brothers and, and some other friends of mine, we're launching with the summit in November, thriving blind in business, where we are doing, it's almost the exact same format of the Academy for the parents. Now we're going to bring blind and visually impaired business owners or future business owners into a private small group coaching environment with very successful business folks that will teach you all the elements to start, launch, and run a successful business with the goal being, you know, coming off of state assistance if you're on it, moving from just a business that pays the bills to a thriving business that you can that you can then fund your hopes and dreams kind of thing. And, and all of it tackling that unemployment rate that we're all smacked in the face with constantly in the blind community. So that is one of the most exciting things that I never would have expected to come out of the thriving blind movement that now we're going to start really hammering away at that unemployment rate. 
The, yeah. if you're, if you are interested in that thriving blind in business, it is, hasn't even launched yet, but we are welcoming some folks have gotten in touch with us that heard about it and are coming into like a pre-launch group to get going on it already. So all you have to do is send an email to thrivingblind at gmail.com. Let me know you're interested in that. And then we'll jump on a call with the coaches and get this thing moving forward. I'm not one to really like sit and think. I want to just take mm-hmm. action. <laughs> Who are these mentors that you have coming in? Are they sighted mentors? Are they blind mentors? It's interesting that you say, where did this come from? Like I said, I never would have dreamed that it would have evolved into this, um, you know, a, a business side of this, of, of launching mm-hmm. businesses and coaching businesses. Mm-hmm. But in 2020, both of my sons, Michael is now 21. Mitch just turned 18. They're, they're both in college. They were both denied jobs in 2020, simply because of blindness, Michael being the most qualified for the job. And he was turned down. Actually, his buddies at Penn State were there when they were doing the big interviews. And they said, as soon as they saw Michael stand up with the white cane, the people just shut down and weren't going to listen to a thing he had to say, which was infuriating and upsetting and infuriating. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And Mitch was actually denied a job in a little farmer's market in our own hometown where we are literally famous in this little town, because how many people really have two blind kids in the family, right? We've done a ton mm-hmm. of service and, and fundraisers and all kinds of stuff. And in, in my, and I thought, wow, just when I think, you know, I'm reaching around the globe and in my own town, perceptions mm-hmm. of blindness still mm-hmm. stink. Mm-hmm. So, so then I thought, well, how can we not just sit and complain about this and post on Facebook that we should have a better system. Like that doesn't work for me. What is the action that we needed to do? And this is where I thought, here's the thing I encouraged when Michael didn't get that job. I'm like, we got to figure something out because you can't be home in the lockdown and drive me crazy. Right. He always has to have 50 million Mm -hmm. things going on. So him and his buddy started a podcast, which then that became a radio show. And he's always been a musician entrepreneur. He's always had income on his own as a, as his own little business. I'm like more people need to do that. I was actually at an ACB event. I was speaking at right before COVID here in Pennsylvania. And I met for the first time live in person, I met Steph from Bold Line Beauty, which we had been friends on social media and some other incredibly good speakers and business owners, podcasters, radio show hosts. And I thought if there was just some directed coaching to grow their businesses from someone that has walked their walk, which leads me to that awesome question that you asked, who is this that's mentoring people? My buddy, Charlie Collins, he's a person that is blind that owns a business. He's coming in to do the coaching. He has started and scaled businesses that you can't even imagine for the blind community. And his book actually on the, in the thriving blind community, the end of this month, we are are featuring an interview with me and and Charlie about his book, tripping into the light, but his book Mm -hmm. actually got a recommendation from Jack Canfield of the Chicken Soup for the Soul Empire. Uh And Mm -hmm. Charlie was featured in Jack's book, The Success Principles. That's how Mm -hmm. successful and dynamic Charlie Collins is. He's leading the Thriving Blind in Business initiative and leading the coaching. And he's a cool, funny guy too. Fabulous. That's amazing. I know this is so much needed. You're correct. A lot of our People in our community of visual impairment and blindness are reaching out into entrepreneurship and need mentorship. This will be very much welcomed, I believe. Thank you. I'm Kathy. 
So thank you, Kristen. The energy had me, which is really helping me, the energy. Thank you. Thanks, Kathy. Kathy is one of my big supporters since I lost my sight. So I'm grateful she's here with us today. Thanks. Oh, that's sweet. Kristen, one of the things about your book, Cheryl and I have been talking about it. I relatively recently, last two years, lost much of my vision. Cheryl has had a lifelong journey of dealing with visual impairment. My understanding is it's been more gradual, but an ongoing experience. For people like us, your book is exciting and encouraging, but it's also a little difficult to read because you're like the super mom that's encouraging and holding up strength for your kids. Many of us didn't have that parenting. And in my case, without ACB, I wouldn't have any kind of network that understands the experience or really sought to figure it out. What do you say to folks like us? I am so happy that you brought that up because as you can imagine, I do hear from folks, same story. They didn't have the parent had all the energy and time to devote to this or even worse. A lot of folks that reach out to me, their parents were almost against the fact that they were blind, you know, like it was, they didn't want them to do anything. And they were, they weren't sad. Like I started, they were angry and they stayed in anger. So believe me, I, I realized that, that that's out there, which is why I believe that my role in this world is to take folks from one end of the spectrum to the other. And all of us come together to finish lines where everybody is thriving. I did not start this journey well, and I thank God every day that Michael, it brings tears to my eyes every single time I think about it, 21 years later, it was my Michael at three and a half years old that snapped me out of my anger and sadness and fear. When all he said to me one day was, isn't this the best day ever? My Michael has been the most optimistic, happy, smart, engaging child, human that I have ever met. And I've met a lot of people in my life. I was smacked in the face with, or in the heart with, you know, who am I to sit back and not let this kiddo guide me to, to be optimistic and faithful with both filled with hope like he was too. So for all of you that are either still sitting in that, and I know a lot of the adults go through this, which is why addiction is big in our community. I know that you go through the struggle of, but I had this other life and I had this plan now it's upside down and inside out. What am I supposed to do? I was there that that was me. I'm not proud of it, um, but it's a part of me and our journey. And I think that's why I have the empathy, the sympathy and use every gift and talent I was given to, to reach out and bring all of you along with us. Because when I tell you with all honesty and my whole entire heart, if I could go from the anger and sadness and fear that I was in 21 years ago for a few years, if I could turn that around into being the vehicle, the guide that my boys and so many others have needed to make that switch to thriving. And, and listen, I, I don't do this stuff for, I'm not doing everything for my boys and handing them everything on a silver platter so they thrive. I got them the basic foundation of what they needed. And it's been up to them to follow their own path and, and their own journey and develop their own skills and talents and dreams, which is hard as a little bit of a recovering control freak, recovering a helicopter mom, where sometimes <laughs> they'll say I'm not in full recovery. <laughs> it's hard. And I, I get it in the depth of my heart and my soul about the folks that did not have moms like me that snapped out of it three and a half years in 
I get it. The folks that are still sitting frustrated that they can't figure out how to continue on the path that they wanted to be on. I totally get it. And that's why I think that our community is, is a brilliant group of people because there are days when I can give you all of my energy and, and inspire you and ignite you to go figure this out and take action. And then there's days where I have to come into that, that zoom room on Monday and I need somebody to ignite me because something has knocked Mm -hmm. me off of my dream and my path, or, you know, I'm sitting and sulking over something that my boys can't do. And it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. And you all are incredible folks that you're in this community, whether you just are tuning in right now for the first time, whether you had nothing better to do. So you're turning this on, or you are a subscriber and got the link to this in advance and plan this on your calendar. It doesn't matter which one of those folks you are, you're here to be supported and to support. And that has been the number one thing that has gotten me to where I am in all facets of my life, a tribe of healthy folks that are going to meet me where I'm at, support me when I need it, or um, be supported by me when they need me. That is perfect. Thank you so much, Kristen. I think that was a really important message for us to hear. I know it helped my heart a great, great deal. Thank you. We hadn't mentioned to that to Kristen Pryor. And, but it was something I think that people that read the book with not optimal life experiences might feel as well. So thank you. Kim had a question about whether you had any assistance available when the boys were very young. I'm happy, so happy, Kim, that you're helping me make this point. I did reach out to the early intervention system. I lived in Chicago back then, and there were some folks coming to the house. And I I actually say this in my, I have a book coming out next year on my faith journey, because I walked away from my faith for quite some time when the diagnosis hit and everything kind of crashed. But what I realized is for three and a half years, I was sulking and angry and thought that I didn't have any help. And what was God thinking, right? All along, there were people that were dropping into my journey, like a vision specialist, an occupational therapist. I wasn't seeing them as a resource to move towards thriving. I was so stuck in my perception of what was happening to me. It wasn't happening to me, right? It was just something happening. It was my son's destiny to have this life. And it was me that was the barrier to him thriving. It was me, his mom. And you guys, I dreamt my whole life to be a mom. I've had, I'm a planner. I have a lot of plans all the time. I couldn't wait to be a mom. And here I was with my dream job, Michael's mom. And I was the one in his way because I couldn't see this as anything other than devastating. And when he mm-hmm. changed my mind that day, all of a sudden I realized this isn't about me. Like he didn't care to be the Eagles quarterback, you know, like he did not care to be on the pitcher's mound. He had other plans in that little brilliant mind of his, and I had to get out of the way. So I say that for whatever it is that you're experiencing right now. And I know a lot of us got slammed by COVID taking away a lot of our dreams and lockdowns and whatnot, but it really, I'm going to be 50 next week. And in my 50 years, it's come, I've come to realize it. All of my getting stuck and being angry and and sitting in fear stems from how I'm looking at the situation at it with a healthy lens is what I ask myself. And I encourage you all to do that too. And I I appreciate Kim that you came on and made those comments to help me get that message through. Thank you so much, Kim and Kristen. 
Next, we have Carol. Thank you so much. What a great book. And what you just shared, I have to just say, is so important. It's been very important in my life. And I'm a few years older than you are. My (laughs) question to you, one or two, my question to you is the difference that you've seen when those many years ago when I was born, and I did have vision, but it had been on and off, but I could drive during those for 20 years or so. And my vision now is deteriorating. What's interesting to me in listening to the ACB calls and in this community is the difference that you and people have experienced is between blind from birth, no sight, and having vision or some vision, you know, vision impairment. That, not difference in a bad way, like you're better, me, worse, but that experience and what you've found in what you're doing, the thriving community that you've developed. What are you seeing in relation to that? I appreciate that question. And I don't get asked that very often. So I really appreciate that. Actually, right in our own genetic community that I started, uh, the patient organization for the the boys, my boys have CRV1 LCA. And with the CRV1 gene mutation, roughly half of our patients are like my boys, LCA, they've been blind since birth. The other half are RP, where they're not losing vision until you know, preteen, teens, whatever. And then it's, it's a decline over years. So I've experienced lots of conversations within my own little CRB1 community, in addition to the, to the greater community. And interestingly enough, Thriving Blind, the book, the stories are half and half, half were born blind and half lost vision later. And that was not intentional. That happened accidental. So I find that very serendipitous. What I can say is it is definitely uh, different is a very good word, Carol, that you used. It is definitely a different journey. And I am grateful that I know so many people on you know both sides, born with or lost later, because it gives me an appreciation for both journeys. Although I do have to say, I can never, even though I talk to hundreds of people that have lost their vision later in life, it is not a journey that I lived. So I really tend to speak to the, you know, a a child getting diagnosed very young. It's also why I'm thrilled to have the community that I have where I rely on so many mentors to be able to come in and talk with folks that are losing vision. I mentioned very briefly earlier, a lot of friends in the choroideremia community, there's a lot of addiction in that community as adults that had a life for, you know, 30 some years, a lot of them. And then suddenly that's ripped away by vision loss, struggle to pivot and thrive because they're, they're not quite sure of the resources and they can't get them fast enough, which is why I don't sleep much and do the work that I do, but they are definitely different journeys. And I I will say to close on this topic, I have seen incredible empathy and support on both sides, you know, not understanding the other one's journey, as opposed to sometimes in communities you'll have, well, you, you know, you can do this and I can't, it's more of like a judgment. And this is more what I've seen is, is true empathy and appreciation and still coming together to uh, bring tools and resources, no matter when we're diagnosed. Hi, Kristen. Um, thanks very much yeah, for sharing your story and actually just loved your energy. I thought I'm, I'm from Ireland. So I hope you can understand me. I love it. I'm okay. smiling here. I love your accent. I have a, I have a good friend in Ireland. I feel like, I feel like yeah. she's, uh, I'm right here with her. <laughs> yeah, I can personally just relate with some of your story. I suppose just a little bit now. I'm just wondering what inspired you to get to publish the book. 
That's a great question. You know, I, I mentioned briefly that I'm a planner. I go into Staples in the planner aisle and I am in heaven where most women are in the shoe department at Nordstrom's. I'm in the planner section at Staples. I love making plans. And I had planned my entire life to be a teacher. And when Michael and Mitchell were diagnosed and I realized we were not, they weren't getting the educational support they needed. I left the classroom. I used to say I walked away from teaching. I, now I say I walked into teaching the world about perceptions of blindness and the tools and resources of the blind. So I think that I, I can see the blessing in that, you know, some people will say that must be a big regret that you worked all those years to be a phenomenal teacher. And now you're not in the classroom. And I think, man, how lucky am I that mm-hmm. I worked all those years to be a phenomenal teacher because of the work that, that I do now, it really built that. And honestly, the book, like I said before it, I had no intention of ever publishing a book, a Ted talk. Yes. I was all about the speaking circuit and doing a Ted talk, but not a book, but it has all, I think evolved just as, as it should be. And I could not be more grateful. I can't believe that, that we're coming to the end of the hour. This has been fantastic. You can get all of the stuff that I do is at kristensmedley.com and, it, and it's Kristen with an I-N. And you can also hit thrivingblind.com. So it, it all directs into all the resources that you need. And I so appreciate that Thriving Blind is so well-read and popular in this community. If you happen to be getting it on Amazon or the Kindle version there, paperback or Kindle, if you've gotten it there and can leave a review, our goal is to really get this far and wide across the mainstream booksellers to get the message out of changing perceptions of blindness from all over the world. So a, a review would be helpful there on Amazon. Also go on kristensmedley.com. You'll see where you can get the book in electronic braille format. That was important to me. And I actually worked with National Braille Press and the CEO of T-Mobile to make that at the same price as the Kindle version, $9.99. Fabulous. Thank you so much, Kristen. Cheryl, do you have next week's prompt? This prompt is, it's National Country Music Day next Friday. You get to write a story about what does country mean to you or anything about country. We're getting in practice for our contest coming up. Whether you're a writer or not, and you want to come and play with us, but we're going to do a round robin country style. So grab your boots and your hats and yeehaw, we're going to have a great time. Okay. Back to you, Kath. Excellent. (laughs) Don't miss next week. We have a fun episode scheduled. As Cheryl mentioned, it's called the round robin rodeo. Bring your friends, your in-laws, your outlaws, and all your pals and pets with you to participate. Thank you everyone for making this another amazing episode and a big, big, big thank you for Kristen Smedley for spending time with us and for providing so much encouragement and inspiration. Be sure to visit writingworkswonders.com for these show notes, resources, and bonus content. You will also find many opportunities to write and participate in Writing Works Wonders events. All opportunities to participate in our Zoom call, contests, writing prompts, and open mic events are available through our Contact Us portal. Click Contact Us on the website. You may contact Cheryl and Kathy through the Contact Us page or email at writingworkspodcast at gmail.com or our telephone number 347-467-0221. Above all else. 
We want you to be encouraged, inspired, and enjoy the wonder of writing. We look forward to being with all of you next time. Thank you for joining us today at Writing Works Wonders. Kathy and I are thrilled to spend time with you. Now tap on that button that says subscribe so you will not miss our show. We also have a donate button, and that's to help with the expenses that Kathy and I incur in order to keep this show and podcast going. There's a link there that you can tap on that will take you directly to our website at www.writingworkswonders.com. There you will find all the information we talked about today along with show notes and so much more. We want you to feel encouraged and inspired to know the wonder of writing. And until next time, our friends, keep on writing. expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.